groups that have pushed for uh, repeal applaud the move, you know. The president's statement keeps his promise to lift the ban by establishing the terms on which Don't Ask, Don't Tell will be dismantled, said Aaron Belkin, director of the Palm Center, a think tank focused on sexual minorities in the military. For the past 17 years, every expert who has studied this policy has emphasized that dismantling it would require leadership. Leadership is what the president has shown. With the White House on board, the next hurdle for a repeal will be securing votes in the Senate Armed Services Committee and on the House floor. Okay, they'll get it done. I don't know if we have the votes, said Levin, chairman of the Armed Services Committee. He'll twist a few arms and other parts of the anatomy to get it done. Activists have zeroed in on several senators as possible swing votes for passage, including Representative Byrd of West Virginia. He's a good man. He'll come around. Scott Brown, the Republican from Massachusetts, a totally Democratic state. He'll come around. Evan Bayh, Bill Nelson, Ben Nelson I'm so sure about. He's such a yapping blue dog. And Jim Webb of Virginia. They'll get it. In the House, Representative Patrick Murphy is set to offer an amendment to the defense authorization bill that was approved recently by the House Armed Services Committee. They're getting it together. Though the amendment has the support of the House Democratic leaders, it wouldn't likely have made it through the committee since its chairman, Representative Ike Skelton, uh, Democrat of Missouri opposes repeal. Yeah, probably because, you know, uh, people aren't homosexuals. Ike, it's, it, it's a choice they make. You know, uh, they wake up one morning and say, I'm gay. I just want to live the gay lifestyle and be, uh, you know, be uh, discriminated against and be humiliated and maybe dragged behind pickups and killed. It's just kind of a choice I made. I can change at any time or I can have a bunch of those evangelical beanbags pray it out of me. Pentagon's buy-in will help win some bipartisan support, said Aubrey Sarvis, executive director of Service Members Legal Defense Network, who called the White House announcement a dramatic breakthrough. We're talking about a defense personnel policy that should not be a political football, said uh, Sarvis. We're on track for a good bipartisan vote. It appears, though, that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is a big factor in getting this done. She sent a clear message to the White House saying, look, in terms of this policy, don't ask, don't tell, hey, don't wait. Lawmakers, aides, and gay right activists are crediting the California Democrat and Senate Armed Services Committee Chairman Carl Levin with forcing the White House, key congressional players, and Gates in the Pentagon all to sign off with varying degrees of enthusiasm on this bifurcated plan that would lift the policy later. Pelosi and Levin say this year's must-pass defense authorization bill wending its way through both chambers this week. You can see this bill wending its way, picking up money as it goes because nobody can say no to defense. We need those drones. Soon they won't just be killing people who look like insurgents. They'll be killing people at the border who look like illegal immigrants. All right. This is the vehicle they say we needed to get this done. Okay. Uh, Fine. But it goes farther than that. There's more to it. There are there are more people who are involved with making this happen than just Americans. Recently, three gay men, officers, Scandinavians, as it is, I believe one was Danish, one Norwegian, and one um, uh, Swedish, made a very specific statement about 
don't don't ask, don't tell, and this whole idea of uh, discriminating against homosexuals in the military. They say that America is the largest and most effective military force in the world. They're our greatest ally, but there are times when we cannot cooperate that, with them on various operations because we worry about how they will treat the homosexual members of our units because, of course, in these armies, uh, homosexuals can serve their countries openly. So basically, we're putting the greater good at risk because of this narrow homophobic policy that we've been pursuing for so long. But it looks like things are going to change. And hooray for that. Uh, uh, just a minute there. Just a minute there, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bergman. This is uh, Sheriff Luger Axe Handle here again on the show with you. And it's time for uh, my regular sheriff's report on aliens and other and other strange occurrences hereabouts. So uh, you ready People for People are this? waiting. People called and said, I never knew. But hey, there you go. Well, they will know now because this is printed in our newspaper. On Wednesday, May 12th, this was a big day because in the morning at 6.58, a woman there on Hawaii Lane said her sister was causing a scene and was refusing to leave. Possessed. No, that was at six fifty eight in the morning. You wow. understand you gotta get a sheriff out of bed for you know refusing to leave what? Ref- Her body? The scene? What I, I go ahead. Okay. Yeah. At uh, at your one twenty eight PM in the afternoon, a woman on Shorewood Avenue said someone with a large yacht had been running it for the last hour, and it was so loud that she had to wear earplugs in her house. You know, aliens have no sense of sound. They're they're so sound impolite. Well, I tell you, I don't think a large yacht, you don't run a large yacht. It just hangs there over your house, this big round thing. It makes up noise. you got to put it in your eye. We're in trouble. We're in trouble now. But then Friday on on your May 14th at 6.45 in the morning. Again, here they come. Here they come. Starting the day, a Max Welton Road resident found a man in his late teens or early 20s sleeping on her couch. She said she didn't know him. Well, probably at least he didn't freak her out by revealing his real form. I mean, if she'd have seen him as the alien that he or she yeah, really she just was, said she didn't scare the it. death out of him. Uh, yeah, it yeah. would have just you know. Is there more sleep? Oh yeah, oh, and no. because at six forty nine p.m. that very same evening, a caller said a group of eight and nine year olds were playing a game of running in front of vehicles on Bayview Road. Well, it, no eight or nine year old child would do that. That's aliens. That's, They're just trying to scare the hell out of you. And they, you know, the cars would pass right through them if they gave them an opportunity. Well, of course. I mean, there's no danger. Well, here's how it ends, though. On Saturday, ten fifty one p.m. on Saturday, May fifteenth, a woman on Kemp Lane reported a trespasser. Ooh. She said a man had a garage door opener and was in her garage sitting in her sauna. She said the man was dressed and had a leisurely demeanor. Well, that's it. That's it. First of all, he was signaling the the mothership with that garage door opener. Common, common thing. And in terms of sitting in the sauna, where he comes from, you know, that's normal. I mean, well, 104 dry heat. You that's, know? Your, that's your hyperbolic uh, chamber. You sit in there and you, you use the garage door opener and poof, you're back in the mothership. It just it only takes a second or two. I got these people. I, I, I can see it now. What worries me, Mr. Bergman. If it worries you, it worries me. It truly does, because he had a leisurely demeanor. Oh, yeah. He wasn't taking the whole thing seriously. You know, he wouldn't be bothering us if they had finished that dang fence. 
Well, it's another spring day on Radio Free Oz, another, another spring show. Another but spring shower today, Another too. spring shower. So warm, so, mm. so gorgeous. Well, I'm going to take you another place with this Tang poem, Pete. This is called Finding an Arrowhead. Finish the Tang poem. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Finding an Arrowhead on an Old Battlefield. Ooh. Could happen here. Black ashes, dust, powdery bones, red pigment stains. Ancient blood has flowered green on the bronze. The white feather gone, the shaft rotted. Only this wedge, this wolf's tooth. I was crossing the plain with two horses east of the outpost through stony fields and weedy ridges. Early darkness, the strong wind died, a few stars and wet black banners of cloud hung overhead. Ghosts cried out on all sides. I sacrificed some wine and mutton. The insects were still, the wild geese moaned far off, and the reeds shone red. A whirlwind blowing foxfire kept me company. I like to find old things, and I picked up that arrowhead. In tears, that broken point that buried itself once in human flesh. But I traded it later to a boy on horseback in the southeast quarter who begged to have it and gave me a new bamboo basket. Fair trade. Fair trade. Yeah. Well, that'd be Radio Free Oz for today. Oh, David, I love that Tang stuff. Oh, just keep going. I will do that, Peter. Yes, our co-hosts, David Osman and Peter Bergman, we do it together. John Cumming, oh, we're doing the Oz Gang here. He's Mr. Ones and the Zeros. Dave Maloney, he records us. Uh, all this sweet sound. Um, also, we got uh, Tom Gedwillow does our webmastering. John Cumming, the ones and zeros. We got the beauty art from Phil Fountain and our uh, media guru, our social media guru, that's Scott Wilde. Catch you tomorrow.